Let's Bogart, the recreational review podcast where we rate hits by fading out before we fade in. So, whether you're here for the plot or the pot, you'll roll cameras and roll joints and curate a pairing experience both celluloid and cannabinoid in nature. <laughs> We're trucking along here on these Halloween months of October. Had two episodes drop so far. This is our third, and we are super excited about it. We've got uh, one more regular Halloween episode coming out next week, and then an extra special episode that is dropping on a whole new day on Halloween Day. It's a Sunday this year. What, what, what day is an ideal day for that? I guess for me, I'm working retail and I'm needed weekends. So Sunday night is actually a perfect night for me to do Halloween. But what are what are people out there? Are, are is everyone waiting, hoping for a Halloween Friday night? Do you get the weekend to recover, or Saturday night so you get to prepare your costume? But then Friday, if you're working a Monday to Friday, you can come in dressed up. Does anyone dress up for their workplaces? Is that a thing still? Honestly, I love Halloween. I don't I don't care about dressing up. I'm an actor in my normal life, so like when people pay me, I get to wear costumes all the time. I uh, yeah, so dressing up. Also, I'm a uh, I'm a I'm a big guy, big guy, hard to shop for at a at a, a reasonable price. I've got one of these bodies that they they talk about the uh, fat tax. I guess we didn't really talk about that last week. That would have been thematic for Stephen King's Thinner with Greg Carruthers, but. This episode is not last week's episode. This episode is a whole new episode. And I am so excited to talk about this movie. I'm super excited to talk about this strain. I had... (coughs) Sorry, everyone. (coughs) I'm sorry, I had a werewolf in my throat. Um, I I got to go on an awesome, awesome tour with my... uh, uh, With my store. We got to go up to Purple Hills... Uh, not, not, we didn't get to see their facility, but we got to see where one of their micro grows is going on. Three of their micro grows is going on at Hog Wild Farming up in Cremor. Uh, we got to see all kinds of cool stuff about how, how sustainable they're making it, how organic and, uh, uh, natural in their, uh, ecosystem they don't use uh pesticides and stuff because they allow the pests that would be taken care of by pesticides to just propagate in the crops but then also encourage their predators who keep them under control it's like a big balance like a circle of life they've got hogs and cows and chickens out there provide eggs beef pork that they sell direct to consumer it was just really really cool and they have uh, a wicked, uh, a wicked product called uh, the Purple Jane Zombie Five Ten Cart. I don't know how y'all feel about Five Tens, but I love a Five Ten. I love a convenience. I think it's different. And these, it's uh, specifically live resin, and that's really exciting to me because it's revolutionized my Five Ten smoking. I love a re- live resin. It's the truest 
truest form of the flower. It's the uh, 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 closest to flower that you'll get with a 510 is getting into those live resin carts. And Purple Hills has a great one that they're doing really cool things with. So I'm excited to get to talk to my guest about that. And we've got a wicked movie. Let me tell you, it's Return of the Living Dead. (laughs) It was released in 1985. It's an hour and 31 minutes long. It's rated R in US and uh, 14A in Canada. It's a horror comedy. It's got 91% positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes, certified fresh, and a Metacritic rating of 66. My cat is eating my cords. Vincent, get out of here. What a guy. He's very cute, but he's annoying as sin. Uh, But yeah, great movie. Tons of fun. I had never seen it before. I was excited to watch it for the first time. Um... Yeah, great movie, great strain. It uh, this cat has thrown me off my game entirely. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> but I'm, you know what? I'm excited to get into it. I've told you what the strain is. I've told you what the movie is. Let me tell you about my guest because I'm super excited to have her. So, Daniel, can you tell us who is on the program today? Margaret is a film enthusiast with a penchant for horror movies and a soft spot for anything 80s. She grew up in the small town of Whitby, Ontario, where she was introduced to a small movie rental store called Killer Bees by her father, taking in classics such as The Fly, Black Christmas, Return of the Living Dead, and many others. Margaret has since relocated to Toronto's West End, where she can often be found at Eyesore Cinema, a movie rental store theater searching through the piles. Beside her... Besides her interest in film, she enjoys true crime, maintaining her vast collection of plants, and hanging out with her cat, Sunday. She currently works as a key lead at Superette. Please welcome to the program, Margaret Dunn. Margaret, how are you today? (laughs) Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show. Of course. I was super excited to be here. (laughs) I love when we get get some horror (laughs) fans on, because I've been doing this whole October has been a bunch of horror movies, but before that has just been sort of normal movies. So when you said that you were really excited about horror, I was like, yes, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and have you uh, do you have a favorite uh, like horror movie that you like watching every year? Do you have any like uh, uh, traditions or anything around Halloween? Around Halloween, I do love Friday the 13th movies and I try to watch all of them like every year. Um, otherly, other than that, I do like ho- Christmas horror quite a bit. So I try to watch like Silent Night, Deadly yeah. Night, Jack Frost. I like those uh-huh. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so I watch those yearly. Yeah. Santa Claus. That guy. I've never seen that one. Oh, I gotta check that one down. It's very bad. It's, but it's a ton of fun. Bad, but good. Bad, but favorite. good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Margaret, we, this is a this is a pot show and you, you work at a pot shop. So the first question I, I love asking people is what do you remember about the first time that you ever tried cannabis? It's so funny because I'm very much one of those people that like, I don't know, smoked but didn't inhale. Mm-hmm. So like I didn't even get high and I was like, what is all the hype about? Like this doesn't even do anything. Um, and then I feel like the second or th- no, when I went to college, that's when I like truly got like brain dead high like that's what you know what i mean you go like to someone's house and they have like a bong made out of like a two liter bottle of coke yeah and yeah you just get destroyed (laughs) that was my 
uh, getting high experience. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going to college and there was a dude who had a bong that it was too, like it was too long for a single person to be able to inhale and light it at the same time. So you need a buddy to be able to light it for you. Very yeah. impractical, but highly yeah. fun to bring out at a party and be like, oh, we got to do this. <laughs> the eight foot bong. Yeah. yeah. Like that's a showpiece, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> you have it up instead of a Christmas tree in the corner. You put lights around the it. light. Yeah, 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 yeah. Christmas tree. Garland. Like presents. But yeah, though, honestly, I actually don't hate that idea. You know? <laughs> So that that first time that you got uh, blitzed at college, do you remember anything about that night, who you were with, yes. where you were, what you guys did? For sure. I was at my friend Steph's bachelor apartment with my her two other friends, and they were all huge stoners. Like, this is nothing new for them. They'd all, like, this average Tuesday, you know? And I was, like, having a mini meltdown because I was high for the first <laughs> time. Um, and I remember playing Mario, uh, like, the Nintendo version. Mm -hmm. And we went to that, like, scary, like, dark, like, nighttime level. And I was, like, really scared because i don't know the music is scary and and then when he would die i would be like legitimately like upset <laughs> like sad yeah like i would be like oh my god he, he guys he died he killed mario that was me and they were like are you are you good <laughs> me playing it off like yeah i get high all the time <laughs> no not at all I remember playing I remember playing Mario Kart with some people. It was in my early stoner years where I was mm. still really excited by it, but I I did not have any kind of tolerance. So yeah. you're the one person in the group who's like way higher than everybody else and yes. everyone else is like maybe don't bring your friend around anymore. Oh no. Like, oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Guys, I just want to hang. I just want to yeah. hang out. It's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Mario, Mario is a is a is a great one. Do you do you are you a video gamer? Do you game um, at all when you get high? Here and there, no. uh, I do a few things. I used to be like a big Sims person. I played okay. The Sims all the time. Um, I like those like story games. Recently, I was kind of into this one called Life is Strange, where it's like a decision making game. Yeah. You heard of this one? Yeah, yeah. I played yeah. the first one. I haven't played the second. Yeah. One. And it's like weirdly addicting to like make this fictional character's decisions. And it's like the one where you can like turn back time. So you've made the wrong one. You can be like, Ooh, never mind. <laughs> Gonna go back. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that is fun. That is a fun game. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. So uh, at what point did you feel um, in your cannabis journey? Did you, at what point did you change over from, I, 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 have never inhaled to I I completely exploded this one time when I got together with my friends to mm -hmm. now I'm a regular user. Do you remember like was there a, a clear delineation? I would say it's like a slower transition, I think. I have two friends now who are just like huge stoners mm -hmm. who smoke real like daily. Um and I'm not quite there. Like I still I feel like I struggle with it a little bit because I'm someone who does get quite anxious. Like paranoia and like anxiety is something that like cannabis can really bring out so i have to like be aware of that and like i think it's almost more helpful to like not fight those feelings and just be like okay you're nervous like that's cool you know it's just for right now it's not forever that's right um and i had a few friends that smoked pretty heavily and hanging out with them i feel like my tolerance got better i tried different strains uh, eventually I, when i work in cannabis i feel like my knowledge like having more knowledge, I felt more confident choosing things, trying things, understanding the effects. So then, yeah, it was kind of a slow 
tread towards understanding things better and then being less like afraid or worried Mm -hmm. and then like being introduced to edibles and beverages like i would say the beverage high that i have is the most relaxed Mm. that i've ever felt Mm -hmm. like zero anxiety which is new for me because that's pretty much a constant state so it's kind of nice to have a break from it yeah absolutely yeah You know, I, I I was reading something about how you can trick your brain, like your your brain is kind of dumb and it, it only has a general understanding of the signals that's being sent to it. So if you feel anxious, that's only like a hair's breath away from being excited. So if you can convince yourself in the moment, I'm just really excited about this. That's what's going on. That's why I'm so jazzed up right now. You can actually like get excited. Your brain goes, oh, no, this yeah. is a good feeling and sends your... Yeah. Um, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. I think that emotions are really closely. And I think because like the physiological response to those things are so similar. Right. Which is so kind you of. You can just tell yourself you're excited. Yeah. Yeah. And your endocannabinoid system is, is involved in that too. So like to have an understanding of what you're taking in and what signals those are sending to your brain for the different feelings that you're feeling. Do you find that having, having started working in cannabis that you're finding a profile for the stuff that you like smoking more? Like, are there specific terpenes you're looking for? Is there anything mm-hmm. that you're going, Oh, I will stay away from this at all costs. Cause mm-hmm. that's going to send me into a spiral or what? Yes and no. I feel like that's one area where I'd I'd want to expand my knowledge. Like I think I have a very basic level understanding of terpenes and like what they do and kind of like their the whole thing about them. But I feel like some interest me like linalool is one that really interests me because I think that's like a very calming kind of relaxing. So anything any strain that I see that has that I'm kind of like interested by that. Um, I typically stick to indica and indica kind of leaning hybrids. Also, like for me with smoking weed, I want to be like less aware, less conscious. Sure. And indica does that for you. Yeah. And I feel like sativa really just like heightens my awareness of like how I'm feeling and what's happening. And like, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anything that's very like, I guess like um, pinene, I guess is a big one for sativa. So a lot of things I, I more so look into the terpenes of indica because they interest me more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one that I'm curious about and would want to try more things that have that as like a prominent terpene. And you talked about uh, really liking the the drinks, uh, the feeling that you mm-hmm. can get from drinks. Are there specific mm-hmm. drinks that you're excited about that are on the market right now? The ones that I've tried that I've really enjoyed would be, everyone loves it, uh, the Collective yeah, Blood, uh, Blood Orange. Orange. Yeah. You can't even buy it anywhere. It's sold out, you know. Sold out. Um, but yeah, I really like that one. I will say it's very sweet, which is not a problem for me, but I think some people would have a hard time finishing a whole can. Yeah. Um, but that, like the 10 THC and the 10 CBD was such a good combination. I was like, wow, I am super baked, but I'm like so chill. Yeah. Like zero anxiety, zero worries. And I loved it. It was great. Yeah. I'm loving that one too. It's it's mm-hmm. such a it's such a good one. And there's people who come in who I know like who have tried that one who are like, You don't have that one in? I'm like, No, but we do have Sorry. some other like other options. So like, <laughs> no, just let me know when you get that back in. <laughs> They're not wanting to fuck around with anything else. That's fair. And I think it's a good I wish there were more drinks that had that balance because I think it's really effective. Yeah. And like the, the, there's some that have like the 2.5 or the five one to one, and it's that's mm-hmm. fine. But you also can barely buy a six pack. So for an entire mm-hmm. night to be able to have one drink, and by the time that one drink is gone, you got ten in your system. Like I mean, everyone's tolerance is completely different. But mm-hmm. I imagine you work at a pot shop, your tolerance goes up a little bit <laughs> as you start. A little, yeah, you know. <laughs> 
a touch. <laughs> so uh, today we uh, we get to we uh, we paired up a movie that you suggested, which I was mm-hmm. super excited with, uh, with uh, something that was really I think uh, uh, spiritually aligned uh, in terms <laughs> of its name. Uh, the product that we're doing is the Purple Jane. Uh, zombie cart from Purple Hills. Mm-hmm. So had, you had tried, I, I remember us talking about it and you had tried this 510 before yes. we talked about doing it. And yes. what was your experience with it the first time? And was there a difference uh, this time smoking it? Mm, the first time I was really just getting my feet wet because I moved recently to a building that doesn't allow smoking inside. So sure. I was kind of like, I need to kind of like figure out what I'm going to do. So I tried, the first card I tried was the Pennywise, which I think is from Pure Sun Farms, which is a a Mm one-to-one. And I gotta say, not my favorite flavor. Mm -hmm. It's a little, like, (laughs) tastes like grass, like literal grass. Um, (laughs) And I felt like it wasn't strong enough. Like, I finished that thing in, like, two or three days because I was just, like, token on the like, just nonstop trying to get something. And then I don't remember who suggested it. I wish I could remember who said someone at Sudina was like, you should try the purple Hills. Yeah. It's live res. It's much more effective. It's a much better taste because it's live res as opposed to distillate. Yeah. Um, and I tried it and I was like, wow. So this is why people like to vape. I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is night and day with live resin versus distillate. Hey, it, mm-hmm. for, I, I always find that I, my throat gets sore before I get to the point where I'm, feeling at a hundred percent of where I want to be with a distillate mm-hmm. vape. I end up like just having like just dry mouth and grossness. And I'm like 80% there, which is sort of frustrating. Cause I'm like, I just need to get that, that extra 20. Yeah. But you never get there. But yeah, I find that the, the live res ones, uh, really, really, uh, take me there. They're, they're mm-hmm. so much closer to an actual flower experience, which feels more mm-hmm. holistic, like more, I don't know, whole, Mm-hmm. And like flavor wise, I feel like it's much more enjoyable of an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, what flavors uh, uh, did you did you uh, note down any of the flavors that you were getting from this this cart in particular? I did. I feel like for me, and maybe my profile is a little wonky, but I feel like it's a little diesel-y at first. Mm-hmm. And there are like notes of citrus. And I think once you kind of get down into it, it is a little bit sweet and floral, but they're like much more like under notes versus the kind of over notes of like a citrusy, diesel kind of gassy yeah, flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what did you think? Yeah, I, I got all of that too. The the, the the sweet and the floral, there's a little bit diesel-y. I got a, a aftertaste of mint which I think has got to be, yeah, which is sort of coming, I, I think it's got to be coming from the the uh, uh, Thin Mint GSC crossed with uh, Gorilla, uh, Gorilla Glue number four, which is mm-hmm. where uh, the strain comes from. Um, yeah, it's, and like that's so complex to have that many, I think, taste profiles happening at once. Uh, at, mm-hmm. In a distillate, you never get that. It's always just like flavored or, you know, one one thing. Yeah, I think it would be difficult to layer that many and not have it be a bit of a mess yeah. with the distillate. Yeah. And they'd be just taking like botanical terpenes or whatever and throwing those mm-hmm. in there. Not not quite the same thing. Oh, no. so what what battery did you use? Cuz Oh. 
maybe that makes it you know i think you're the question is so fair because i think it makes a huge difference i'm actually using one from that was gifted to me um from super ed it is the pure no it's the sundial 510 oh, okay it's the pride one happy pride happy <laughs> it's the pride version <laughs> um and i can't speak to its quality because it was a gift but it seems like kind of like an average like kind of base level mm-hmm. which maybe maybe wasn't the best choice just to kind of get the flavor profile out of it what are you using with it yeah so i used the I, i've got a toki 510 and the the super at 510 both have uh, uh different temperatures on them and the lowest temperature is where you can get most of the flavor from mm-hmm. and we were actually reading about this in the store the other day because we were taking a look at like do does anyone who has a live resin cart on the market have a Uh, a specific temperature that they're like, this is what it should be at or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, nobody does. They, they are like, this is a range Mm -hmm. or whatever. And the, most of the, the batteries, the 510 batteries that are on the market right now don't quite get as low as some of the people are saying online to, you know, you need to have it at this temperature or else it's going to burn most of it off. So I think now that live resin and live terpene carts are becoming normalized and people are starting to buy those and realize the difference between those and distillate, I think that there's going to be a need that someone's going to have to fill of uh, uh, 510 batteries that have temperatures that uh, vary in the low degree. Yeah, I think you're totally right. And I think that would actually be really handy to have a more affordable not super high end, but can still do a few options. Yeah, I think I did. I think you're right. I probably am missing out on some of the more kind of nuanced flavors or more subtle ones because I'm being overwhelmed by kind of like the top notes and I'm maybe burning off some of the, yeah. the lighter flavors. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, because so many people, when I, I know when I'm talking to customers, they're looking to uh, what kind of 510 battery do I want to buy? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them get really turned off by the button. They're like, a button is just one more thing to go wrong on it. Then yeah. I would have to like send it away to get a new one or come back here or whatever. Like, I, I don't want to learn what the codes are like five times <laughs> to turn it on, turn it off. How, what, what is the preheat level or whatever? If you just give me an auto pull, I don't have to worry about it. Which, if you're mm-hmm. just using distillate, totally fine. It's just when you get into these live resin carts and the carts that are trying to be more of a, a flower experience, I think, that you uh, get into when you want to use. Yeah, yeah, button ones, uh, ones that are have uh, uh, temperature things. Or they, or they have, like, uh, like the, the Pax Vapes have those, like, apps and stuff that you can pair up with them mm-hmm. that you can turn it on to things. So I wonder if 510s might eventually try to go there make it a little bit more expensive for people, but then make it accessible for them to be able to choose the temperature that they want to burn their card at. Yeah, that's a great idea, actually. I think long-term, that would be much better than a button because you are right, it is one more thing to potentially break. Um, that'd be great to have a little app that I could set temperature-wise what I'm looking for. Yeah, come on. I would totally do that. And then they, the, the people who are making the carts can be like, if you want to really like zero in on this terpene, put it at this temperature, this terpene, mm-hmm. this temperature. I think that would be, I think it'd be a good idea. You better patent it. You better patent do it, it now. It's patented. No one take these ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I need them. So uh, I, I looked it up. Um, Mercine, caryophylline, and limonene is the, mm-hmm. uh, the big three in this one here. I, 
Mersine always strikes me as boring because it's so nor like it's it's in almost everything. Mm-hmm. So I yeah it I I don't really get that excited by that. But I do I do like a Caryophylline and I do like a Limonene. I think that the the Caryophylline brings that that sort of diesely taste that you were talking about and. Mm-hmm. Um, and limonene, I, I find for if you have limonene in an indica, it can kind of give like not as 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 poppy a, a sati- as a sativa, but like it can keep you from like dozing off during a movie. Mm-hmm. Have a little bit of that like that kind of citrusy uh, uh, tang that kind of just wakes you up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's very true. It is. Like it's hard to explain it as a top note because it's very much there, but it's not in an overwhelming way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On like, uh, and the thing is, I I had someone come in the other day who was talking about like, I don't want it to taste like anything, and we're talking about taste profiles, and we're like, well, mm-hmm. it's not that, it's not that you're gonna smoke it and it's gonna be like lemon. It still tastes like flour. It still tastes like cannabis. It's just that it's sort of leaning towards this way or that way. She was not having any of it. She's like, why would I want it to taste like diesel? I'm like, all right. <laughs> oh my god, maybe cannabis isn't for you. It's like if, it's like. That's such a strange request. It'd be like, I want to drink a Coke, but I don't want it to taste like Coke. I want it to basically be water that's carbonated. Like, I, I think you're looking for water. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, have some water right over here. No! <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You can, you can bring a horse to water, but sometimes they, they want Coke that has no taste. What, what are you going to do? What are you, you going to do? <laughs> Um, AgriFarm just got, uh, I saw that they just got acquired by T-Rec, who does like, uh, mm-hmm. Thumbs Up and Wink and Blist. Uh, so I'm seeing a lot of these, like, companies starting to amalgamate and mm-hmm. buy each other up. But, uh, what I like about, because Purple Hills is a part of AgriFarm, uh, but what I like about them and T-Rec getting together is that they're still small operations that are all working in conjunction with one another, but they're not... It's not like Aurora, like it's not like going to like the big conglomerate yet. Mm-hmm. I got to, I, I actually, I got to go to a farm that was really exciting. We got to go to Hogwild Farming out in Cremor, uh, and mm-hmm. a bunch of Superette people got up there to to go tour the the farm and see how they how they work it out there, and it's it's really cool. Uh, the Purple Hills facility is out there, and so they're busy making their these Purple Jane Zombie Five Ten carts. They've got their new uh, lemon pepper uh, uh, sativa um, uh, uh, live resin that they're selling, um, and they've got these like small farms that are doing all of the farming for them. Uh, this Hogwild Farming got to do like um, three different micro grows right beside each other. And they have, like, not only the plants, but they also have, like, hogs, like, pigs uh, that they mm-hmm. sell uh, uh, direct to consumer, like, in the entire pig or just, like, part of it. They've got cows that they do that with. They've got chickens that uh, lay eggs. And they use all of the... they they. I, I don't want to get into too much, but they, they move the animals around the farm so that, like, their waste is providing manure for the grass that they're then eating when they come back around to it a week later or whatever. So every day Mm -hmm. they get sort of cycled around the farm and then 
all of the waste that they have is like being put into these like compost teas that are getting used to water the plants and all of that biological life is it's really really cool what they're doing out there they've got that sounds incredible it is Start to interrupt. yeah <laughs> it's they they have they they don't use any pesticides they just allow that they're like if you allow the pests who would like damage the crops to come in you're also allowing their predators who are looking for a food source to come in so as long as you keep the bio bio ecology of that healthy you can like avoid having to do all of these like uh, uh, industrial farming techniques that have become popularized but that damage the soil and damage the ground and make the plants have a less diverse uh, food source so it's cool to see that they're yeah that small small uh, uh, smaller companies out there who are working with other farmers who are excited about uh, sustainable farming and uh, making you know uh, plants that are so good like that the they had some crops out there that were all indicas but they were so tall like not bushy at all like they do a really good job of trimming but like they're just humongous and you're like oh because they're getting their beans they're like <laughs> <laughs> that's like that sounds so sick I saw the photos and they are so cute so adorable it's like all you guys just engulfed in huge weed plants it's beautiful awesome and it is so cool to hear people who are truly excited about cannabis and it's not a huge conglomerate as much as like, I guess those have their place in, in the industry. Like it's Absolutely. so cool to see micro grows and people who like truly care about this stuff. And like the idea that that is, it is sustainable in such a huge way, not only with like livestock, but not using any pesticides, like having kind of like how the world would work normally. They just like let it happen with maybe a little tweaking, but like that just sounds really lovely. And it makes me excited to work for cannabis when I hear stories like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. There's enough of the stories of the, you know, like government weed and all of the, mm. these people who never cared about weed before just looking to make a buck and all of this mm. stuff. When when smaller companies like Purple Hills, like uh, like Collective Project, when they come out with For a sure. project that or an item that sells really well, that gets consumers excited that gets the the people who are selling it excited i think that that's mm -hmm. that that's kind of the juice of getting to work in cannabis and getting to for sure have fun again you know mm -hmm. yeah man oh it's so cool <laughs> uh yeah so gorilla cookies is the is is the strain which yeah i really like i really like girl scout cookies i think anything mm -hmm. that gets that gets bonded with that i i love that lineage so much gorilla glue number four i'm not as familiar with as a hybrid no i can't say that i am either girl scout cookies is also the spinach gmo cookies yeah 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 girl scout cookies is in yeah too, yeah which i like love like i'm very in like i totally hear you because when i see that strand i'm kind of like i i kind of know that i'm gonna like whatever it is yeah yeah <laughs> Nice, like chill hybrids mm -hmm. that aren't aren't full indicas, but definitely are nowhere near sativas. Like yes, because again, like I like you, I'm trying to avoid any of the anxiety stuff. I'll play with a little sativa now and again, especially mm -hmm. on the show, because like people get to choose what they want to smoke when they come on. So uh, I'll try it every once in a while, but really, I'm looking for like a chill hybrid or a chill indica. Mm -hmm. So Girl Scout cookies really gives me that. 
Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, they they say that um, uh, they, uh, they say that there's a lot of uh, like mercine, caryophyllene, and limonene all have anti-inflammatory properties to them. So I, I I don't know I don't know how much of it you get by making it a live resin cart like how much of some of those like medical properties you're actually getting by buying mm-hmm. something like that but i definitely yeah i definitely felt like it was a relaxing high like it wasn't it wasn't uh, uh i don't know it, it was spacey like you were saying it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't like uh really brainy it was it was more more body i would say for sure i, I definitely like if i smoke it during the day I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I can't like smoke and be like, and then I'll do the dishes. Yeah. Like, nope, that's not happening. Go for grocery but, shopping. Um, like, yeah, maybe oh tomorrow. no. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm just planted on the couch. But um, recently I started using it like literally right before bed, sometimes in bed oh. to fall asleep because I have a little bit of a hard time actually just like turning my brain off and going to bed yeah. and like letting that kind of body buzz feeling and like you're in your blankets all wrapped up. Like it's, very helpful and it's so calming and like it is great for the daytime if you want to like zone out and watch things mm-hmm. and like hang out but i found it really useful to like really relax myself at night in order to be able to fall asleep absolutely mm-hmm. and to, to have like yeah yeah i really like five tens for that reason because you know i'll have like the joint or something outside in the balcony before i come in and or like mm-hmm. set up the volcano or whatever but then right before i'm heading toward bed or in bed i don't want to like have to like fill mm-hmm. up my packs or like do something else like that i want to be able to just like reach over and grab a couple of hoots and then hit the hay and i think for sure having some good live resin indica <laughs> that's just sitting there beside your bed ready to go is just the most convenient thing in the entire world oh it has been it's been great <laughs> uh what do you think about the uh the the mouthpiece itself do you like the 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 mouthfeel on the on mm-hmm. the 510 love the mouthfeel it's a great mouthfeel um, I did try in the, the pure sun farms one. I, it's like that little kind of lift, like skinny, yeah, kind of like, like duck bill kind of exactly yeah. like a duck bill. And I am okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like it feels okay. I feel like I hit my teeth on it a lot. Whereas this one, I don't, Yeah, I like, it's like a perfect little cylinder and it comes with those little like squishy rubber stoppers. Mm-hmm. Cause I just like toss mine in my bag all the time. And I feel like it gets dirty and like stuff gets inside it. Yeah. So with that little stopper, it's been super helpful. Um, and I like visually, like I like the clear mouthpieces yeah. better. Sets it They're apart cuter. from what what else is on the market. I can't think of another think one so. that's like super clear like that, and it's mm-hmm. it, it's striking. I like it a lot. I um would pre- I like prefer that style over the duckbill style. I yeah, think. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, and I I also really like that Purple Hills is doing these kind of like small batches. Like this this Purple Jane Zombie cart is still available, but they're also doing these now these sativas that they're moving into these lemon pepper ones. But mm-hmm. they're they're sort of not uh, like they come out in a wave of them, and then it sort of goes away, and then they mm-hmm. come up with their new stuff, and then it sort of goes away. There's still that kind of excitement about dropping. Yeah, you know, oh, have you got some of this shit? Because you really got to pick some of that up, like in the in the oh, moment, yeah. and not just have it on the market all the time, collecting dust on shelves and stuff. 
it is nice. Like it makes it feel a bit more exclusive and exciting. And I know when I picked up the purple cart, purple zombie, what is it? Purple zombie, purple Jane zombie, purple Jane zombie cards. When I picked it up for the first time, I posted it and I got so many responses. Everyone was like, Oh my God, where did you get it? How is it? (laughs) Like, tell me about it. Like people were like, excited about it yeah and you don't always get that response when you post new things so i think that was kind of telling that people were really interested by the product yeah excited by Mm -hmm. it yeah that's the other exciting thing about being in cannabis is getting to (laughs) know what's on the the cutting edge and getting to share that with people that's a that's a Mm -hmm. fun thing for sure (laughs) all right margaret well that brings us to the end of our first segment which means it's time for our first game this is a game called In It to Minute. In It to Minute. In It to Minute. This is where you, our guest, have exactly 60 seconds to tell us everything that happens in the movie we did. And the movie that was? Oh, gosh. It was Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> Return of the Living Dead. So we're just looking for a beginning, a middle, and an end. I can tell you right now, everyone gets hung up on the first act trying to describe too much and then they get screwed over and they only have 10 seconds left so (laughs) with that in mind i'll let you know where you're at but are you ready for this honestly no but let's do it (laughs) all right 59 seconds (laughs) on the board margaret go okay freddie a young eager boy works at a medical supply center with frank and it's the weekend, and their boss is like, okay, boys, see you later, but whatever happens, don't name it after me. And then he dashes out. And then Freddie and Frank talk about trioxin. Two, I think it's 245, 246 trioxin, this deadly chemical, and the military screwed up, and they ship those containers here. Um, and then they're like, let's go look at them. So they go downstairs, <laughs> and then in a show of, I don't know, like American machoism, like, Frank hits the drum and it explodes. 20 That's seconds. Be- oh, God. <laughs> the beginning of the movie. Okay. And then his friends come to pick him up, but they can't find him. So then they go in, um, search of him. He's sick. It's too late for Freddy. We don't know that yet. And then. Five seconds. Their, their boss comes back. <laughs> I literally summed up like the first, I don't know. Uh, you, what was you that? got the first first, first act of it. Yeah, yeah. It was that was. You were right. That was excellent. Um, I fell victim to the first act. Yeah, it's a first act problem. Yeah, well, sure. listen. Do not go anywhere because when we come back, Margaret and I are going to talk about Return of the Living Dead right here on Let's Bogart. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the program, Mods. I'm just interrupting the conversation for a quick second to tell you a little bit about something that we here at Let's Bogart think is worth paying attention to, and that is the Toronto Indigenous Harm Reduction. Toronto Indigenous Harm Reduction emerged in April 2020 during the first wave of the COVID-19 pandemic in response to a massive shutdown of frontline services and a lack of basic needs for Indigenous houseless folks in the city of Toronto. Over the past year, they have provided basic needs, access to critical health support and COVID-19 testing, harm reduction supplies, sexual, reproductive health, and prenatal support, traditional medicines, traditional food, expressive arts, and ceremony to some of our most vulnerable people. TIHR aims to reduce the negative impacts of substance use and other stigmatized behaviors and experiences through culture and unconditional support. TIHR is an entirely queer and two-spirit indigenous 
Indigenous Collective founded by Nanook Gordon, co-led by Brianna Olson Pitawanaquat, and supported by Dashmawan Bemedzinjin. They feed the people, and countless volunteers. To date, they have served over 3,000 meals to the encampments and Indigenous street folks. Toronto Indigenous Harm Reduction is a grassroots, Indigenous-led support system that receives incredible volunteer and donation support from many members of the community. With your donations, they will continue to provide the traditional meals bi-weekly and help to purchase supplies for camps such as clothing, sleeping bags, socks, and other accessories, tarps, trappers' tents, plywood boards, firewood, portable lamps, and portable electric heaters. Your support also provides them with travel and logistical support across the city to continue harm reduction and health promotion practices that are desperately needed right now more than ever. TIHR relies solely on your generous donations as a grassroots initiative. They do not receive any government funding or large charity support. Your donations will directly benefit this important groundwork. So to donate or find out and seek out volunteer opportunities, please visit torontoindigenoushr.com. That's torontoindigenoushr.com. Toronto Indigenous Harm Reduction, doing the work that we need to do as a community in our community. Uh, thanks for listening, and now back to the conversation. All right, Margaret, we're back. <laughs> Return of the Living Dead. This, this, okay, I had never seen this movie. No way. No, I I knew some of the, when some of the, like, the effects gags came up, I was like, oh, I recognize that from stuff. Yeah. But I had never actually seen it before. When was the first time that you knew of it or heard about it or watched it? Pretty sure I got it from that video store, Killer Bees. I think I rented it on a whim. I didn't even know what it was. I hadn't seen the first one, like, Night of the Living Dead. I hadn't watched that. Sure. Um, I watched it, and it was so, like... I don't know, like mesmerized by how like just synthy and eighties and like gritty and like gross and like seeing like Tar Man for the first time, I was like shaken to my core. Like <laughs> it's just such like a wild ride. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bonkers movie. Uh yeah, that it's it's so it's the producer of Night of the Living Dead. Uh, yes. uh, John A. Russo, who created mm-hmm. it, and he wrote this the novel that it's based on, but the writer-director Dan O'Bannon apparently didn't use much of the novel. Have you yeah. ever read the novel? I haven't. Yeah, I haven't either. read the novel, and it's so terrible. I have seen Night of the Living Dead, but I can't couldn't tell you a thing about it you know it just doesn't really interest me the same way mm-hmm. so it is funny because like i love this movie so much and i have seen the third one but like i know it's such like, a trilogy and it is related to like the george a romero like night of the living dead mm-hmm. but again that just didn't really capture my attention like this one did but i know they're all you know related <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's interesting because night of the living dead the original uh has like the, the 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 sort of melding of styles of what Romero is interested in and what uh, 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 what Russo is interested in, but then they kind of split off and they agreed like we're both going to make sequels to these, but Romero mm-hmm. is going to be the dead movies, so it's going to be yeah. da- Dawn of the Dead, Rise of the Dead, or whatever, and then Russo is going to make these Return of the Living. The, they're all going to be about the Living Dead. Yes. And the Living Dead one seems to really have the, like, kitschy factor of mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead and really yeah. want to run with that. 
mm-hmm. which I think is so interesting and really sets it apart from where Romero went, which was very like like satirical and still like tongue in cheek humor, but like a darker humor. Like exactly, yeah, and I I think that that's interesting that these two guys who made this you know movie happen with on a shoestring budget and bring forth an entire subgenre of horror movies to the mm-hmm. forefront uh just yeah had very different tones in mind and sort of went off in their different directions for sure i think they went completely different directions i feel like i don't know all his movies are much darker like you said like they are satirical but just not in the same i don't know they feel very end of the world like Whereas this one is the end of the world, but you don't really focus on that. That's not like the focus of it. Like there's so much other things happening and there's so many characters that are so like, I don't know, genuine and relatable and kind of like really capture your attention. So I feel like there's so many like facets to the movie. Whereas I guess his movies are more zombies. Yeah. The characters aren't as memorable for me in those ones. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. They're more like, like real people. And the thing that they're all dealing with is the actual, like, doom of humankind like there's a lot of like there's stakes in that one where i think Mm -hmm. that this one kind it plays a little bit more like looney tunes like it's the characters are all kind of like sketches of characters and and are played for laughs which is fun and you know zombies really lends itself to that i think that makes it more watchable too because movies that are really like doom and gloom kind of drain you a little bit they're not like they're not like ones you want to watch again and again whereas this one it is really like it's a bummer you know we're all gonna die but there's like lots of laughs and there's Mm -hmm. lots of funny moments and like visually kind of interesting scenes so Mm -hmm. it makes it easier to watch a movie about you know the whole world ending sure which is why maybe like walking dead has had like a slow (laughs) slow death of of people not paying attention anymore at one point it was like game of thrones everyone was watching it but for sure eventually if you have that tone for that long maybe maybe you lose people i think so Yeah. So of the characters, did you do you remember there being like a favorite character or anything when you were watching it growing up? Probably. I was probably really well, I was very transfixed by trash. Trash and suicide. <laughs> even though suicide's role is like quite short. Yes. <laughs> um he's such a memorable character and like mm-hmm. the styling and his attitude and like I actually not to go off on a tangent, but a few years ago at review, they did um, a showing mm-hmm. and I went and it was actually hosted by Linnea Quigley. She was there oh, no way. in person. Yeah, it was sick. And she was such a sweetie and she's so like funny and genuine. And um, people went all out. People I had, I saw at least two people who were fully dressed as suicide, head oh, to toe, weird. shaved the X into their head, <laughs> like so committed. <laughs> And it was just, like, the coolest thing, you know? So I really, they're very, like, memorable, lovable characters. Yeah. Even those names, Trash and Suicide. I know. I love that so much. Linnea Quigley was an interesting one, because I, 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 this is my first uh, seeing of her. I've never seen her in anything else. But apparently Mm -hmm. she went on after this movie to do a bunch of different roles and she was like i'm not an actor i know exactly why i'm there and she was the one who like pushed filmmakers to be like so when is my nude scene coming and how do we explain why i get nude yeah and people being like oh okay like that's your thing we can make that yeah work. <laughs> audience I feel like she's it. like a 
a cult favorite because of it. Like she, that's her thing. It's her like niche. Like that's, you know, the part that she plays in horror movies. I think that that's incredible to be that aware of sort of what your place in the, in the, in the horror realm is to make an Mm -hmm. entire career out of it. And to almost subvert it and make it more about her choosing. And like, she went after these roles. She owned these roles. It wasn't like, yeah, we made a movie and uh, you're going to be naked, baby. Don't worry about it. And she was like, I'm going to be naked because I want to be naked. And my fans expect it. Yeah. And it's kind of like, okay, girl, like get it, you know, do you. Well, and there's not a moment that she's on screen in this movie where she is not wholly in charge of everything that's going on. So true. <laughs> Does that awesome thing about yeah, uh, talking about her greatest fear being eaten by a bunch of old men, and then she—that's mm. uh, how she dies. Yeah, uh, shortly thereafter, she is then eaten <laughs> by old men. Yes, famous last words. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of names, I also love that they have uh, Bert and Ernie. Or two of the characters. I'm like, oh, I do. Man. Apparently, Dan O'Bannon was like totally unaware of that like what? crossover. He like kind of was like, what? Later in the movie, actually, the two paramedics that uh-huh. get eaten, their names are Tom and Jerry. No, and that Seriously. was an accident, or that was specific. No, I feel like one of the paramedics had the name Tom or Jerry because uh-huh. like he says it. And the other paramedic was like, well, what's my name going to be? Because they needed it for a scene. And he was like, well, there's already a Bert and Ernie. So, like, let's do Tom and Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which speaks to, I think, how much fun everyone was having on set. It seems like everyone was having a blast and and doing things like that. Like, little tongue-in-cheek nods to pop culture things. Like, stuff that Romero wouldn't be interested in. Mm, Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I loved uh, Spider. I thought Miguel A. Nunez Jr. was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who, uh, uh, is it, is it, uh, it was trash that it was talking to him and saying, like, do you ever, like, think about death or whatever? <laughs> he's like, uh, I just try not to think about it that much. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know what? True. He's like, I just, I can't relate to you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about I, I don't it. know. You seem yeah. to be on a whole thing, but it's yeah. not really my thing. <laughs> I love that he was. He's such an interesting actor. Yeah, apparently he uh, didn't. He was sleeping in his car when he got Mm -hmm. cast in this role. Yeah, which is stunning. It's it's shocking that he hid that from the whole cast. No one knew. Yeah, that he you know was currently houseless. But but like, yeah, it's so interesting. And he was saying like he just was excited to work. He was thrilled to be on a set, to be like working and making money, and just not. I don't know. Like, it was just so cool that he was like, I'm here and I'm so thankful to be here. It was interesting to learn that. Yeah. And he was, and he gave a great performance. Like, I think. Oh, yeah. The, the prop, the, the trap, I think that you can fall into with some of these like fun horror movies that you're doing tongue in cheek is that you lose, uh, the actors can lose a sense of what the stakes are. And Mm -hmm. I think you can lose the audience by doing that. And I think Mm -hmm. that he had a real great way of keeping things, though they were silly or like gross or whatever, important. Like he Mm -hmm. had, he was one of the ones who was like yelling at the rest of the people, like, come Mm -hmm. block the store, you fucking idiots. (laughs) Yeah. He was like the voice of reason. A lot of times people are freaking out and running away. And he's like, guys, what are you doing? Like, we're not done here. (laughs) Yeah. So it was like refreshing that he in these intense situations was still aware enough to be like um hello we're not done (laughs) well and such a such a different way of of 
entering into the working environment than uh, Clue uh, Gulliger, who mm-hmm. was really upset to be there and didn't like it being and was like, you know, apparently trash to work with. And mm, that's what I hear. Yeah. Throwing punches and stuff. He had his oh, no. like uh, uh, um, his clubber with the lead pipe had to be taken yes. away from him and replaced with a rubber one because he kept hitting yeah. people with it. Which is awful to think Ugh. that someone was that, like, bent out of shape on set that they had to, like, have things taken away yeah. from them like a toddler. For fuck's sake. Yeah. It's, it's a funny thing. I was watching a documentary kind of, um, I think it was produced by Scuzz, who's Brian Peck. He made a little documentary where he interviewed all of the castmates after. Oh, cool. And, um... I don't know. Clusely, he's like an older dude in the yeah. documentary, and he, I guess, remembers it differently. Like I was never that bad, and everyone was like, "Yeah, you kind of had to just stay out of his way," you know. <laughs> so it's interesting to hear like both sides of it. Yeah. Oh, Bannon was quoted as saying, "Like, oh, of course he got hysterical and punched me a few times, but that's fine. I forgive almost anything for the quality on screen," which wow. I think <laughs> goes a long way towards damning Clue and a long way towards making Dan O'Bannon seem like a real great person to work with, that he's just so dedicated that he's willing to, like, just let bygones be bygones, and the the movie was a hit, so who cares? Yeah, you can physically assault me, but I will not break focus on this movie. <laughs> it's you know? very important that we get these dailies in. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it's cool that he was so committed, but it sucks to hear that, you know, Clue was a little bit of a diva. Yeah. Yeah. There was I I really loved um there's the half lady corpse that comes yes. comes in partway through and she's like missing half of her face and whatever. Mm-hmm. But the the lady I looked her up, Cherry Davis is the person who does the voiceover for her. Mm-hmm. And the voiceover is so crystal clear, like the the elocution of it is so, <laughs> and the act, like everything, she sounds like she did her warm ups beforehand. It's like, yeah, we are coming to eat your brains because we are hungry. Which <laughs> it was is shocking, you know, for a lady that didn't have any lips. Yeah, to be able to, to make <laughs> every consonant be heard. <laughs> yeah, I loved her. I thought she was so cool. I remember also like that was the moment when I first saw it where I was like, "Whoa!" Like that's crazy. <laughs> also, like out? you see her boobs, you know, yeah. that's also crazy. Like some zombie <laughs> boobs. I was like, "Whoa!" Sixteen-year-old me was shook. <laughs> but I also thought it was cool, and I feel like this would be like the first time. And when I was like looking into it, this was the first movie where they explicitly sought like brains. Every yes. zombie film beforehand was just about eating flesh. Mm-hmm. And this is like a kind of a cultural moment where now that joke is associated with zombies. And before this movie, it never was. So yeah. they kind of set that. Yeah. That zombies are interested in brains specifically. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy to, to have mm-hmm. that, that it rewrites things that come before it or after it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Also, it makes it, like, sillier. There's something, like, so kind of funny about the fact that they're not... They don't really want to, like, tear you apart or anything. They just, mm-hmm. just want to get inside the skull and the... Just the, the brain. Just the brain part of it. Yeah. That they're that discerning. <laughs> I oh, think yeah. it's a really funny like, idea. I'll just have one order of brains Absolutely. hold the rest of the body. Hi, I'd like to make uh, a, a, a reservation for 7 p.m. for four. We're going to all have brains. And only brains. And only yeah. brains. 
<laughs> just a three course serving of brains. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and the 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 first zombie too. I think there was there was so many like effects that were done in this that ended up mm-hmm. getting used over and over again by people. The 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 first zombie with the eyes coming out like that's a big like thing on t-shirts and stuff now like posters mm. i see yeah. those in horror shops even before i knew what return of the living dead was i knew what mm-hmm. that looked like mm-hmm. to have that much of a cultural impact i think as a movie this this kind of like shoestring budget and yeah you know, gung-ho is pretty fun i think yeah and tarman i think is another example of like a yeah. symbol i guess that people all recognize or like we'll see pictures of him and be like, what's that from? And like, he sparks the interest to find out what that movie is. Yeah. Um, and he's like makeup. And I guess the guy who plays him, his name is Alan. Yeah. Outman, I think. Yeah. But I think he's like a puppeteer alongside being an actor. And he's like a few kind of like famous, you know, beings that <laughs> he's played. And this is one of them, which is so cool. It's so cool to have that on the resume. Like, be able yeah, to that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, it. Uh, the name of the movie in German is Verdammt, die Zombies kommen, which is, damn it, <laughs> the zombies are coming. Just like straight to the point. Really like, the point. I like that. Yeah, that's you know the, exactly what's going to happen. So what's beautiful about the German language is they really get yeah. to the heart of the matter. <laughs> and it's so funny you bring up the German thing because I was looking up um, Don Kaffa's character, Ernie. Uh-huh. I forget how to say his last name. It's a big, long German one. Yeah. But they were saying that's actually the name of a high-ranking Nazi soldier who has like a dueling scar. And he was kind of like, mm. and then as you watch the movie, I rewatched it. Um, and they were saying a lot of things are kind of Germanic about him. Like they purposely bleached his hair and mm-hmm. he has um, a German pistol and he uses a German expression when it's raining. So like they, and I never noticed that before until I kind of heard that like fact dropped. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, there are so many, little like tidbits about him that they've hidden yeah apparently originally in the script he it was very um explicit that he was like a a a nazi who had gotten away Mm. and so these people like come to him to get saved and then they realize like oh shit this guy's a fucking nazi but they ended up just like maybe that's a little serious for (laughs) the thing that we're trying to do here a little and then we're like how many subplots are we gonna do yeah we need to get to the fucking zombies yeah (laughs) <laughs> and that being said, it I do think that it's though it's it's really entertaining and fun, it it's a slow movie. You feel them like trying to like okay, we have like the budget for this many zombie <laughs> effects and we have to make a 90 minute movie around that. So like how can we pull this thing to to make the time between things a little bit longer? For sure. There's lots of like running shots like they're running to the the medical so they're running to the mortuary they gotta have to like fill in the time but it's funny because it does feel really long but it's only 90 minutes yeah and i think if they could have just maybe figured out a few more things to to like uh if they had worked like uh like uh um uh, Miguel A. Nunez Jr. was working where they just tried to figure out, okay, we don't have the money for these effects all the time, so let's mm. make something really important for these characters, even though they're silly, even though the situation is sort of silly and the monsters around them are silly. Like, mm-hmm. how do we make it so that we feel that they care about something? And, Other than 
staying alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I don't think they, they truly managed, but would have no. made it feel, I think, uh, uh, yeah, because you're right, 90 minutes is not is not that long. Like, No, that, that's a Disney movie. Yeah, yeah. You, know? you shouldn't that's... feel like your ass is sore by the time you... No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like it, but I yeah, it does feel longer than it is. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Matt Groening uh, gave them, wrote a couple of taglines for the movie. Of, of, yes. Which is super I, uh, I read that. <laughs> He did, he wrote, they're hungry and they're not vegetarians, which actually ended up on the poster, which is super <laughs> funny. And then the one that they, they said no to was, first they want to meet you, then they want to eat you. It's crazy to me that they said no to that. I know. Like, I think it's really funny in, in, in keeping with the tone of the show. Absolutely. Like, but, yeah. <laughs> I can Lost see it opportunity. Exactly. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well... There's a 30th anniversary re-release coming up. Maybe they can throw it on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the the other thing that I thought was super cool about it is the composer is uh, this is his only film credit, uh, oh. but he makes a bunch of money touring around as the touring keyboardist for the Rolling Stones. What? Yeah, <laughs> that's insane. Like, I had no idea that... I, I, I'm shocked that this is one credit because I really like the music. I think it's so cool. And, like, that was something that was so memorable for me when, like, especially the opening scene, like, it's so, like, synthy and, like... Super 80s, super yeah, in tone, like, fun, sure. like, bubbly. You never feel like it's taking itself too seriously, which allows you to not then take the movie too seriously. Like, I think that yeah. he really nailed it in terms of getting this movie done. Absolutely. And like he set the tone so well because I remember in the um the documentary I watched a lot of the actors said I read the script and I didn't get it. Yeah. I was like, is this a scary movie? Is this a funny movie? Like I don't really know. And I think the music like the song choice along with the composing really helped yeah. to set the tone of the movie. It really gives you permission as an audience to have fun, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is super cool. It's crazy that he's just like playing with the Rolling Stones now. Yeah, just this one little side gig, like gonna do a quick horror movie, and then uh, yeah, that's it. I'm done. And I'm done. I I, I yeah. did. It. It's not nearly as fun as playing with Mick and Keith, you know. I guess not. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, some of the font was based on uh, a, an artist I really love called Ralph Stedman, who did all the art, the font and artwork for um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh. So they were trying to like really make yeah make the the kind of the font of the, the Return of the Living Dead to be like splatter and look like because he uses a bunch of like ink blot stuff and like throwing mm -hmm. ink at a paper to get the font. I love the font. The yeah. font is really cool and it's like also again like very memorable in my mind what the font looks like. Like that's the Return of the Living Dead font yeah. to me. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you know? Uh, do you have an idea of what the budget for this movie was? I know it's not a lot. It's I know they were like commenting on like how cheap it was. I think. Okay, I'm gonna guess. Oh my god. 
500,000? No, okay, so it was a little bit more than that. It was it was 4 okay. million dollars. <laughs> Just a little bit more uh, than yeah, that. Yeah, it's quadruple, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more than that. But it's it's uh, you know, 4 million in 1985 was still not a lot of money for to be able to do a, like an effects like creature feature mm-hmm. kind of horror mm-hmm. movie with the sets that they had to build and stuff. I think that that's it's incredible. But what's more incredible to me is how much they made on their opening weekend. Which was fourteen million two hundred and thirty-seven thousand eight hundred and eighty dollars opening wow. weekend. Gross. Oh, just that's oh my god, that is already an amazing profit, and that was just the first weekend. Yeah. And I know that I feel like the studio didn't have a lot of faith in the movie. They're kind of like, this is a bit of a write-off, like this is a waste of time, yeah, and like yeah. nobody wants zombie movies. And here they are making, you Bank. know. Yeah. Because horror fans, like, show up to things. <laughs> Hell yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, I think that's incredible. Do you remember, okay, is there a horror movie that you remember, like, oh, I'm showing up to, like, opening night or opening weekend of that. I'm seeing that for sure. Um, and I haven't, I, the thing is, I'm really, really into old movies. Sure. So I don't get to watch them a lot, you know? Fair. I remember the review showing that I was like, I'm going, I don't care if anyone yeah. goes with me. Like, <laughs> I am going. Um, something recent. I feel like I, saw, I was, I was excited for it, to be honest. And I uh-huh. saw it, uh, the, the new one in theaters. And I feel like it got kind of a bad rap. I think some people didn't like it. But you got to remember, like, when I saw the original, I was like, I don't know, 11. And that was the scariest shit I've ever seen. But obviously returning to that same story now as someone in, you know, in their thirties is kind of like, obviously you're not going to scare me. You know, (laughs) I'm so desensitized. I've seen it all. So to go in with that expectation of like, I want to be like shaking and crying and throwing up. Like they're just, you're not going to do that to me. Cause it's just, you can't. You've seen too much. So it's, I've seen too much, you know? But yeah, I feel like that was one that I was really excited for. I liked the second chapter as well. So mm-hmm. that was one that I was really pumped for. I'm trying to think of like a new one that I was like, damn, I like have to see this. I feel like a lot of the Shutter stuff recently I've been pretty excited about. Hey. Yeah. Love me some Shutter stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just read just before we started this, uh, uh, VHS 94 is now the biggest opening uh, that Shutter has ever had. No way! Yeah, Congrats! So super That's excited. Super sick. Yeah, yeah, I'm, cool. I'm holding off on watching it because I'm going to watch it with a friend because we're both so excited. We want to like watch each other watching it. Oh, you know, amazing. we're so excited to see it. Horror movies um, are like comedy. Like to watch it by yourself is not quite the same experience. You no. want to have somebody else there to like share in that with at least. Yeah. Have a laugh. So when have something a, crazy yeah. happens, you yeah. look over at them like, "Did you see that? Did you see what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah, that dude's arm is gone." <laughs> exactly i loved i loved it chapter one i i uh, yeah i had some issues with number two but the the one shot that really stuck with me from uh, it chapter one was Mm -hmm. uh, them strapping the camera to uh the dude and him dancing around so that the camera like goes with his head so the head looks like it's staying still but all the rest of him is going like dancing and shit Oh, oh it was such a great fucking shot. I, I have no idea how they did it because he's so far away. They would have had to put like such a long lens 
Yeah. To strap him to it and then just like, I don't know, either like digitally track his movements so that you can mm-hmm. stay with the head or mm-hmm. like strap it to him like they did with like uh, Jonah Hill and get him to the Greek where he like gets up, I'm alive. And you see everything <laughs> else around you is discombobulated. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I that's I think something that horror movies do a lot is they are really innovative in how they like shoot things. Yeah. I feel like I always see the coolest shots that I've never seen anywhere else in horror movies. Yeah. And you're always trying to as a, I think as a horror director show people something that either they've never seen before or is a take on a thing that they've seen a bunch that maybe they hadn't thought of before. For sure. It makes me think of uh, Parasite. There was a scene that's like that one shot. That whole scene is like one shot. And that was like incredible to me that they did everything with zero cuts. Like that's so impressive. And (laughs) yeah, so things like that, like you only really see, I think mostly you see that in horror. So that's another thing that I really like about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a genre that a lot of directors get their starts in because it's, Something that people will show up to even if you don't have like a name person. You don't have to have Tom Cruise in your movie for horror mm-hmm. fans to show up. You don't even have to be a proven entity as an artist. Like you if you have a good pitch or a good trailer or a good poster, fans will like pay money to come see it. They'll take a chance on new artists. And I think that's oh. really exciting. A hundred percent. And you're so right. Like if I saw a horror movie that I thought was cool, I don't care who directed it. I don't care who's in it. Like I'm going to go see it. Yeah. So you're totally right that I don't need any incentive or any like draw. Like I will, I will go. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bring my own popcorn. I don't even need it. For sure. I'll (laughs) smuggle it in. (laughs) All right, Margaret. Well, that brings us to the end of the second segment, which means it's time for yet another game. Oh gosh. This game (laughs) is uh, much easier. This, there's no time limit on it. It's a lightning (laughs) round called reefer madness. Reefer. Madness. That's where I just okay. ask you a bunch of opinion questions and you just tell me the answers. All right, cool. All right. So number one is, are you a sativa diva, an Indicana Jones, or a hybrid or dibrid? Very much an Indicana Jones. Brilliant. Number two, uh, your favorite movie featuring cannabis. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe Friday? Ooh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like Friday a lot. Have you watched Friday recently? No, it's been like a few years. Okay. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, and I loved it as a kid. And I haven't seen it since I've started smoking weed. And I was kind of nervous to go back to the well and be like oh i didn't i didn't i don't love it as much as i did what I, I know you know now that you say that i probably would go back and be like "Ooh, that's not okay i just think chris tucker is amazing in everything I love he ever chris does tucker. he's such a good fucking actor he's so funny <laughs> he is i did the fifth element this year with a friend uh for the podcast and his performance mm-hmm. in that is just astounding astounding yeah Actually, I love that one. I listened to that podcast and I thought it was because I love that movie. Oh, my God. I've seen it like a hundred times. But yeah, I love Chris Tucker. Like he makes that movie. Yeah, he's he is performing in a movie that no one else seems to be, which I think is very (laughs) fun to bring an entire different flavor. If you've got like Bruce Willis as your like he's the action star and you've got to find stuff to just do around him. I think he found like every inch that you could get out of that role. A hundred percent. Absolutely. All right. Fictional or real person you'd most want to smoke with? Ooh. Fictional or real. Oh my gosh. 
that's hard. <laughs> Let me think. Give me one. Okay, I'm going to think really hard and yeah. I'm going to give you an answer. Right. Scooby Doo. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Not even Shaggy either. Just fucking Scooby Doo and you. Just yeah, I don't need Shaggy. Because <laughs> me and Scooby, we would just get super baked and eat a bunch of food and hang out and, I like, that. I don't know, do fun stuff. I love that. Yeah. I would chill out with Scooby Doo. That would be fucking amazing. Like the, the shagging wagon just getting in the back and like exactly. hanging out and <laughs> hot boxing a van. That'd be fucking yeah. amazing. <laughs> Don't tell my landlords, but yeah. that's currently how I'm smoking now is hot boxing my bathroom. And it's actually so fun. Highly recommend. Love it. I remember yeah. going on tour and uh, having a <laughs> having the the person who was in charge of the tour pull me aside and be like, okay, so I know that you're smoking in here. You just got to get yourself an apple and just make an apple bomb because the smell won't happen. And I won't have any trouble with any of the hotel people. I'm like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Learn how to make an apple bomb. Use that for the rest Aww. of the trip. <laughs> like, what a moment, though. He's like, look, I'm not going to rat you out. Yeah, I'm dude, here to come help on, you. But... <laughs> here you go. <laughs> just get some tin foil, put some holes in it, take a pencil, push it in. <laughs> uh, fictional or real place you'd most want to smoke? Mm, what's that place in the land before time Ooh, yeah like the green place or like you know what i mean yeah. that place that they're looking for just vegetation and loveliness sun. yeah or like ooh, ooh, uh the fantasia universe so ooh. like we're all the like the little like unicorn babes are hanging out <laughs> yeah i would just smoke there yeah <laughs> I want to smoke with that demon guy. I want to ask him what oh, that's yeah. all about. I'd be like, you he like is- classical music, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's really into classical music, and I feel like he's very much a sativa person, so I feel like he wouldn't like, vibe. He's very high-strung, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, movie that would be most improved if only the characters were smoking cannabis? Mm. True Lies. <sighs> Yes. Oh, and Jamie Lee was just like just fucking a little, a little, <laughs> a little you know. <laughs> For that dance, she was so nervous. If she had a, like a little toke before that dance, oh, she would have yeah, yeah, knocked it out of the park. Just like yeah, yeah I'm here all week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, they give Arnold some drugs in that one, and that's the best conversation they've ever had as a couple. She's like, but, sure. but did you ever kill anybody? He's like, yes, but they were all bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he absolutely needed it. And he would have, I think, benefited from oh, maybe man. like a 510, a little Indica 510. Absolutely. Purple Jane zombie. Come on. Yeah, it, you need a little I mean, Indica. It would have been, that would have been perfect. <laughs> um, and right now, make the spookiest sound that you can think of. Ooh. That was amazing. <laughs> All right, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we are going to puff or pass on Return of the Living Dead right here on Let's Bogart. Come back. <laughs> All right, Margaret, this is the last segment of the show, and that means it's time for a little something called Puff or Pass. So, mm-hmm. on Return of the Living Dead, I I believe that I probably have an idea of where you sit on this, but do you puff or pass? Puff or pass. Oh, I puff. Yeah. <laughs> 100% puff. 
I love it. Yeah, yeah. Puff uh, Puff for me too. I think it's a real fun one. It's real colorful. It's it's funny. It's a great like hey, it's October. It's Halloween's coming up. We have these like Nestle chocolate bars that we're <laughs> supposed to hand out to people, but we're just going to eat them tonight. Who cares? Let's throw in a horror movie. I think it's a it's a great choice for that. Yeah, eating your kids Halloween candy. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a perfect choice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Margaret, if somebody is puffing on this uh, 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 Purple Jane uh, zombie cart on their mm-hmm. 510, and they're having a great time, and they've just watched Return of the Living Dead, however, they're like, ah, I don't want my night to be over. I want it to keep going. Let's pull a double feature night. What Ooh. would be a good movie to pair up with this? Ooh, that is such a good question. I love double features because I just, I never want the fun to stop. Oh, me too. Um, let me think. Something like, mm, okay, maybe the reanimator. Ooh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's yeah. a tonal, a tonal coherence, I think, that, that that's yeah. really great. Oh, I love Over that. To get like super freaky, like Motel uh, Hell. Sure, sure. Yeah. 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 I was going to say drag me to hell just because I think that there's something, something that I think that this movie could have used a bit more of in the, in the stakes department, but Mm. still has the, like, we're going to be like gleeful about some of this (laughs) horror stuff. And like, I think, I think Sam Raimi really brings that in spades. So yeah, I was going to say drag me to hell. Honestly, I really like reanimator though. That's, that's a real fun pairing. It would be it would be very much of the same though. You're right. It's like very the same note. Whereas maybe I think Drag Me to Hell would have been like a better like juxtaposition, but in the same like practical horror way. Because I feel like a lot of the effects are not CGI; like they're real. Yeah. Um. So it's cool in that sense that it's a lot of real effects versus CGI. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, there's there's so many hours in a day. Watch all three. Yeah, why not? You got your purple chain right there. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, Margaret, thank you so much for being on the show, buddy. Where can people where can people follow you, find you? uh, What should they be paying attention to? Uh, For me, I'm on Instagram here and there. Uh, I do post some movie reviews on there. Basically, whenever I watch anything, I just throw up a little review. I love finding the original posters because they always just are just chef's kiss. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, And then typically, I just like to plug iSore Cinema. That's where I rent all my movies. So, like, pretty much anything I watch can probably be found at iSore, and I'll tag them quite often. Love that. Um, So, yeah, they can find me on Instagram. My name there is Babe in the Woods, and the O's are actually zeros. So, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) amazing well thank you so much for doing this this was such a blast yeah thank you so much for having me it was lovely to chat about movies anytime i would love to come back (laughs) i can't wait all right buds that's it that's the program for today oh i'm really enjoying doing these october ones this uh this halloween month is uh dare i say it one of the best ideas i've ever had Uh, you can follow Margaret. It's so great to have her on the show. Hey, uh, you can follow her at Babe in the Woods. The O's are double or W's are zeros. So W zero zero D S. Uh, you can follow the guy who made all the music for this Halloween version and all the versions of Let's Bogart. JJ Thompson, who's an amazing Canadian. Musician. 
musician living in Peterborough. You can follow him at JJ and his dog on Instagram or at his uh, uh, artist page, uh, I am not Tom Hardy, T H O M. He's going to be releasing some electronic stuff, solo stuff that he's been doing. Uh, but you know what? Give his band a follow too. JJ and the Pillars are awesome. Check them out on Spotify. The Wolves is a favorite of mine. Oh, that was a terrible howl. Hold on. Oh, ah, that was a bad one too. Whatever. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Daniel Williston on the Instagrams and the Twitters. Uh, you can follow at Let's Bogart on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I haven't done another TikTok. I've got two TikToks up there now. But there needs to be more of these TikToks that have uh, movie trivia that I can try to do. So where are you horror movie trivia people on the TikToks? How do I find that? Let me know. You can let me know at any of those socials. Or come on to the website at at www.danielwilliston.com slash let's-bogart. Love to hear from you. There's a movie you want us to do. If there's a uh, strain you would like us to take a look at. Oh, you know what? You can also visit uh, uh, Hogwild Farming at Hogwild Farming on Instagram to check out the stuff that uh, they're doing over there for Purple Hills. It's uh, it's very very cool. If you go on my Instagram, you can see uh, some pictures of some close-ups of some uh, uh, beautiful plants that we got to check out there. Uh, it's pretty cool. So I hope you check it out. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's all the stuff. Uh, rate and review helps us on the uh, on the iTunes algorithms. Uh, give us a five star. Even if you think it's only one star, be like, you know what? He's trying. <laughs> uh, and make sure to tune in next week when we will bogart once more. They are satirical, but just not in the same... I don't know. They feel very end of the world, like... Whereas this one is the end of the world, but you don't really focus on that. That's not like the focus of it. Like there's so much other things happening and there's so many characters that are so like, I don't know, genuine and relatable and kind of like really capture your attention. So I feel like there's so many like facets to the movie, whereas I guess these movies are more zombies. I don't know, the characters aren't as memorable for me in those ones. You know what I mean? 